Yo, what up, fam? Welcome back to your auntie's favorite podcast. All blurred everything. Don't squint, Devin, okay? It is everybody's auntie's uh, favorite uh, I, 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 podcast. I kind of can figure out why it's everybody's favorite auntie's podcast. I can kind of figure that out. Why is that, Delvin? Think about it. Look, look, look at Devin Tyus. Very handsome man. It's true. JV. Very handsome man. I'm okay. And for those who like a little flavor, a little different, there's some aunties out there who look at the crystal store and be like, you know what? That's me. <laughs> and I don't blame them. That's, I don't blame them. Those are, the, those are the aunties that always bring their friend to dinner for the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh-huh, it's like, uh-huh. guys, we all we all know. Auntie. No lie. It's cool. Yeah, it's those okay. are my favorite it's aunties. Okay. That's for grandma. They do that shit for grandma because grandma still thinks they roommates. Yeah. <laughs> grandma don't know. Grandma yeah. don't know. Hey. Well, I mean, we're back. That's a hell of a way to, to kick it off. You know. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. You know what time it is. It's your boy JV. It's Delvin. It's Dat Ninja Dev. And it's popping. Miss Crystal Storm. What's that? Man, what's what's been up, y'all? We haven't um we've been talking in the Discord, but we haven't recorded in a little bit. What y'all what y'all been up to? A little bit. A lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's a little bit, like a, a bit. I don't know, like a month and a half. Whatever. <laughs> I, I can't disclose everything I've been up to. I, I, I was out of town this past week, oh. so that was cool. Mm-hmm. What were you doing out of town? Mm-hmm. I was um I guess we kinda like um had kind of a reunion of my friends from high school. One of my friends from elementary school was there. And we oh, were hanging wow. out. I've known him since third grade, and we were hanging out in North Carolina. That was a pretty cool North experience. Cackalack. Yeah, because you know. You graduated in North Carolina. Where were you at? Charlotte? Charlotte, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a cool experience Man, because it was a lot of culture shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I live in Miami. I grew up yeah. in Miami, the hood of Miami. And there are certain things that you don't realize other places have, like manners. <laughs> or trees. <laughs> like manners. Yeah, trees is another one. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. And this, this is a funny story. We're in North Carolina, right? And my friends are like, why is everybody stopping in your traffic? Nobody's like jaywalking and no shit like that. <laughs> like, we could, like, they, they like wait for like the light to change. They wait for like the little. Walking symbol to go on, and like this is mine. We wouldn't give a fuck about that. We walking right in the middle of traffic. Don't give a shit about it. Keep it moving. And then when my friend said that out loud, another dude who we do not know, apparently not only from Miami, but grew up in the same hood as all of us, just started wow. yelling, "Yo, yo, y'all from Miami?" Like, yeah. How do you know that? I know Miami niggas when I see them. Y'all loud as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he he just said, y'all got to look. Uh-huh. He's like, and as soon as he like said everywhere he from, said all the school, the schools we went to and everything, he knew everything about Miami. And it was just so weird that we are way in North Carolina watching a Miami Heat game. We find the one black dude, not only from Miami, but from the same hood as us. And because we, we, we like casually mentioned like, God damn, People following the crosswalks and shit. This is this is absurd. He caught on to it like, yeah, they from Miami. <laughs> like, legit knew he was from Miami. Oh my goodness, that's wild. That's Dude, cr- when you that's crazy. When, 
when you were in North Carolina, did you happen to take your shirt off and spin it around your head like a helicopter? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> you should have. No. Yeah, opportunity has been. I, I mean, you had one opportunity. It's the only, only place you can do that. That's what you're you supposed not to. I, mean, I, I will say Pete this. Pablo gave you the instructions. And this is the yeah. funny thing. When we went to the basketball game, because with the Heat versus the um, Hornets, Heat lost. Fuck them. They pissed me off. <laughs> my friend. <laughs> <All right. laughs> fuck them. They pissed me off. Fuck that. Yeah, just my fuck. friend asked the lady who was next to her, him, hey, we're trying to find Petey Pablo. <laughs> Not only did she have an answer, she gave the whole history of this dude. Apparently, he's not from, like, that area of North Carolina. He's from, like, some country-ass area, and he does, like, car shows there and shit now. Like, she gave the, like, wow. she knows him. But that's... Oh, shit. Wow. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. You went to, you went to North Carolina and got a Petey Pablo history lesson. Yeah. I will say this, because I had a layover <laughs> to make you guys feel better. I had a layover in Atlanta, and as I was landing in Atlanta, I 100% played Welcome to Atlanta. So there you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, well you check something off the list. Yes. You gained my respect back. Then I had a three hour late flight, so I was pissed off. A layover yeah, flight between, is not that bad. No, no, no. A layover between North Carolina and Miami. Okay. But let me right. explain it's, wild. it's wild how airports yeah. are. It's so weird. Did let you me tell you. No, I, this is the crazy thing. I flew <laughs> Delta. Oh shit. Oh, oh wow. Right so they had a layover in Atlanta for like 45 minutes. Then I had to hop on a plane, like going there at least. Hopping on a plane to North Carolina was exactly 45 minutes, which is fine. The, the way there, super easy, super smooth. I got there like in three hours, something like that. It was, it took more, the layovers were longer than the actual flights, like by a lot. On the way back, I don't know what, the, oh, I do know what the fuck happened. We were flying back. Got from North Carolina to Atlanta, Georgia, no problem. I was supposed to be I was supposed to be back in Miami by midnight. So I'm in North Carolina. I'm in um I get to Atlanta about seven o'clock. My flight leaves at eleven. Oof. Twelve comes. It doesn't go off. One o'clock mm. comes. No flight. I did not leave Atlanta till two AM. I didn't Damn. get home till like yeah. 3.30 and I had to go to work a couple hours later. So I was pissed. I mean, weather will do that. When I was coming home from uh, Houston over uh, like Christmas break, when uh, Southwest decided everything wasn't going to work, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, just like our flight know. was supposed to leave at like 11. It didn't leave until like 2 a.m. Yeah. It's because <laughs> they were waiting on the connecting flight out of Florida, which took forever because of all the weather they had down yeah. there. And it wasn't even weather. It was just they didn't have a co-pilot. I I've seen that happen before, too. Homie was the like, co-pilot just there. didn't show up? Yeah. So he had to go get another co-pilot. Was it that he didn't show up, or was it one of those things where it's like he's been on so many flights that he can't fly anymore? Because... That also happens. It was way probably too often. that. They didn't say, but they said we have no co-pilot. We're gonna try to get one in. He should be in by eleven fifteen. Eleven fifteen became twelve fifteen. Twelve fifteen became one fifteen. One fifteen became two o'clock. Damn. Damn. Man, flying Damn. is like fucked up these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. really is mm-hmm. ridiculous. 
Well, what else is what else is going on? I mean, we we know more is going on with Delvin, but some of it, yeah, that's I a, don't know. Maybe it's X rated or it's CIA no. classified. I don't know because <laughs> he's just not saying anything. My life is <laughs> a fascinating life. Indeed, <laughs> that's all I will say. Your, your life is a movie, man. It could be. What's been going on with you, Crystal? How's uh, how's Texas been treating you guys so far? I think I'm fucking allergic to Texas, but other than that, it's fine. <laughs> did, are, did you get like? Did you I, get like physically sick? I am. I do have a cold right now. Yeah, I'm literally yeah. fighting off a cold right now. I came to Texas and my allergies just fucking went haywire, and now I'm literally fighting off a cold. So thanks. You Austin. guys, you guys moved here in the middle of cedar season. That's what I, I heard about. Yeah, I didn't and know about this shit. Yeah, I didn't know either. Like the first time <laughs> I moved here. When it when we first moved here, I was like, "Why do I have a cold all of a sudden? Right? Like, and why isn't it going away? It doesn't matter like how many meds I'm taking; it's not going away." Turns out, I learned that we live in like the allergy capital of the U.S. Mm. That's terrible. Yeah, Nobody not, told geez. me that. Nah, that's not great for me because I fucking have allergies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do too. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's some this is fucking bullshit. So. We'll, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll let's see, but we're busy. We uh, got a new show coming out on Thursday. Tales Do you don't? Dark. Thirsty Thursday. Oh. Thursdays is Thirsty back. Thursdays. Episode one of Please is out officially. And then a fairy tale full adults back on Thursday. So we are back to our Thursday night or Tuesday night, excuse me, hangouts. Listen to the episode live. Talk to the cast. So we go from dirty shit to wholesome shit. Literally over a matter of days. <laughs> Look at that. Great. It's great. You get everything. You get everything That's you want right everything there. Everything you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got great ideas for like the Patreon. We're going to launch that soon too. So it's fun. It's If, yeah, so. if only there was some sort of advertisement or something similar like that to let everyone know <laughs> when is this stuff coming out on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook? That mm. might be something important. Just saying. I know. Well, listen, I'm busy writing and directing and dialogue editing. So, board member, go ahead. Get do you you do, do our promotion. Send me the file, <laughs> and I will add the voiceover to it. All right. There we go. There we go. There, there we, we go. go. Look at that. <laughs> Business. Business getting it. done on all blurred everything. Handle it. Handle That's it. That's what we do. I have yeah. to that push her to do. success. I'm going to drag you across this motherfucking line to success. Let's You're gonna go. You're going to be goddamn Let's successful. Let's just the fuck I am. Listen, I'm not trying to fight you. I'm just the saying I'm fucking is, busy. Why are you even asking the questions and not just doing it? I don't have to file. Like, don't there ask you where it's at. Just, just make start, it happen. I might just start making fucking trailers myself. Just like, just grab a random. As you should do it. Just do that shit. Yes, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell y'all something right now. If y'all don't have friends like this, you that's don't right. have friends. One hundred percent. You know, get, get you some people that's really behind you. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Dev, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, this damn dog just driving me nuts. Uh, that's what's up. Welcome to yeah. dog life. Ugh, man, yeah. this new puppy. It's, it's, she's she's a lot. She's she's oh boy. I need to get a trainer real quick because she uh she thinks she's in charge. Oh yeah. Um, she, at, at certain points. She's scared of my wife, which is really funny. Like, my wife has not played none of that, so the dog is terrified of her. But the rest of us, she's just like, you guys are, are playful, so we're, we're going to play and have fun. Yeah, so you got to kind of be a little assertive at the beginning with dogs. Oh, I've been I've been using a little, we have like a little prong chain, so I've been using that to like pull her shit real quick. Like, look, 
you're going to fall in line. You're going to stop all this barking, all right? Stop all that. <laughs> have, have you taught him how to do What kind of dog? What kind of dog? It's a pit. She's food motivated and she pace. just hates people. She just, any, <laughs> oh, no, anytime anybody comes up, she just, uh, she just goes off. I'm just like, what trainer. is wrong with you? Yeah, she's reactive to a trainer. You adopt they her. are people. Yeah, we, we, we're in the midst of doing that. Right now, we're fostering her to see if we will adopt her. But it's so weird because, like, she was never that way with my wife. Like, never wanted to, like, go off on her. Wasn't mm-hmm. like that with me or the kids. But now, anybody that comes through our door, even if she's seen them before and knows them, she just, I'm just like, you, I can't have people over now because you don't need to act right. So, yeah, we got to get like, because It looks like you need to get Caesar, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Caesar, the dog, the dog whisperer guy. We need him. We need that dude. I got to, I, yeah, I also Caesar have a reactive puppy, so I, I feel you on that. It's a pain, but uh, we just got to, she's just scared. She's got to do But start now yeah. because it'll just, it'll just get worse. And all yeah, I've we've been trying to just do all. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's pain in yeah. the ass. It is but they listen to me. That's the most important thing. Yeah. I tried to she train my me. cat. That's not going to happen. You can't. Yeah, you the cat is. Um, he's not smart. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I love this. He's just very, very handsome cat. But, um, you know, it all went to his looks. Yeah. A cat bimbo. I get it. It happens that way sometimes. It happens that way. So, so we, we we're talking about a few different things. I think I think we got to start off with Ant Man. Do it. Uh, Quantum Mania, aka We Was Kangs. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, that's what I it's called. I had to do it. Oh my goodness! Because, so yeah, Crystal was nice enough to tell us, "Hey, we can go ahead and talk some spoilers about Ant Man. We are going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about post credit scenes. If you have not seen Ant Man, don't listen to this part. Fast forward like fifteen minutes or something. Go watch the movie. Come back uh, while I'm getting spoiled because spo- I don't care. <laughs> Or better yet, <laughs> just turn the volume down. Yeah, just, just down. look there at our go. faces. Our handsome do, I mean, faces. Do not get mad because you stayed beyond this point. That's right. This is yes. the point of no return. So Ant-Man Quantumania, three of us saw it. You mm-hmm. saw it, right, Delvin? Yeah, I saw it. Okay. So, uh, what, what was your, your guys' take on it? You wanna go first, Dev? Sure. I had a good time with it. I enjoyed it. It was an Ant Man movie. Like that is a good answer. That's <laughs> what I expected. Yeah. It was some shenanigans. There was some family stuff, uh, some weird family stuff, and then there was Kang beating the shit out of Ant Man. It was good. I enjoyed it. There were some pieces that moved along. Some stuff in the MCU. We know we're gonna see Kang again. Uh, they got out the quantum yep. realm. It's all good. It's it was an Ant Man movie. Oh, Modoc was fucking hilarious. Yeah, like, people are mad about that. <laughs> yeah, that was I don't care about people. In the best way. They I can it. they can be mad. I thought it was great. It was a really good way to just reintroduce Yellow Jacket and have his character have some semblance of still being around and also 
just having fun with Modoc. I guess the, yeah. the actor who played him is also a big comic nerd. So as soon as he heard the pitch, he was totally down. And, for it. and let's be real, Modoc kind of a stupid ass character. Like, yeah, kind of. I mean, is. Yeah, Modoc's a joke character, basically. So, so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think, Devin? I enjoyed it. I thought it like like Dev kind of said it best. It's an Ant Man movie. I thought it'd be a little more than that. And I think they tried to go a little bigger than that in terms of the way the production value on it seemed very high. Like once you get into that quantum realm, and it looks amazing. It looks incredibly beautiful. It was like the most. Um, I, I if this makes sense, the most like comic booky looking Marvel movie maybe in yeah. a long time where it's just like it looked like somebody just drew a panel and kind of had that very um, kind of just weird cosmic otherworldly um, look to it. Yeah, it kind of it yeah. kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit like Thor Ragnarok a little bit in terms of how you're just in this different world that's very colorful and just different from what you've seen normally seen in the MCU movies. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the story yeah. was good. I think there's some parts that it's kind of like, uh, whatever. But overall, I thought it was it was great. I thought it was fun. It was a fun, good start. I like Kane. Kane's amazing. I think Kane, Kane's clearly the highlight of the film. Nobody's Man, Jonathan fan, Majors man, like, is and Jonathan like Majors. That, that was that was such a coup for them to get that guy to to do that in he is I, he is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like just watching him do his thing and, and really being different than um, Thanos. Uh, you feel like when he's on the screen, you're in the presence of somebody that you should fear. And, and it, it just, it, it worked to me. I, I like somebody asked me what I thought and I said, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's fine. It's not like, the end all be all, but I thought it was fun. Um, I thought the stuff with Janet and Kang was, was really fun and, and really well done. Yeah. Uh, really only have two gripes. It's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. And there's just not a lot of wasp. Like well, yeah. she, she kind of just gets lost in <clears throat> the story. There's not really anything to they, they didn't really give Evangeline Lilly anything to do. I don't know if this is because of the vaccination comments. I don't know if it's just because they had to have more Janet and Kang stuff, but that's a little disappointing if you have a character that's in the title. Um, and this is, I mean, this is really like honestly picking a nit. Um, well, technically, man, I miss, I wish they would have, t- I, I wish they would have took Louise. I wish they would have took Louise to the quantum yeah, that's realm. A bit, yeah, they should yeah, have. That, that would have been hilarious. I disagree. I mean, I think it makes sense to not have him in it. Like, just there's absolutely no reason for Louise to have been there. Yes, it is. Would I like it's to funny. see him recap it after Scott gets back? Absolutely. <laughs> Give me the recap of what was told. But to have him in the movie, it just would have felt completely out of place. Unless, right. unless they're telling it from the standpoint of Louise is telling you the story of what happened. Yeah, yeah, I and I, I feel you. I just kind of, I just miss Luis. But you're right. Like the story that they're trying to tell, there was no space for him. Um, just to kind of like summarize it, so people know what we're talking about. Basically, this is the start of Phase Five, and we find Ant Man basically in this place where he's he's become a star. He is podcasting. 
he has written a book. Wow. Uh, people are giving him free coffee, even though they're mistaking him for Spider-Man. Uh, and he's just living the good life. Um, Hope is like solving world hunger and doing all this stuff. And Cassie, his daughter, is kind of going down Scott's path, right? She is um, a, a freedom fighter. She's a very ethical person. She is looking out for the little guy, which is literally Scott's, uh, uh, the name of his memoir. And she's Cassie, a part of the, the group that's from um, Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier. So that's a good callback is to she? that. Yes. Yeah. They reference yeah, it. So they're, they're fighting. They're basically fighting for people in San Francisco who have been displaced um, by the blip. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. Is that, is, is that it? Yes. Yeah, she's not, I wouldn't say she's going down Scott's path because Scott was just a thief. She's yeah. actually just like a freedom fighter. She's an activist. Well, remember, Scott stole from the company because he found out they they were basically taking people's money. So he stole from the company and gave it back to him in the first one. Just, yeah, just saying. Great. Just just saying, okay, Dev, don't come yeah. for me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he worked at Baskin Robbins. He wasn't, he wasn't really about that life. He worked at Baskin Robbins because he went to jail, nigga. He wasn't about that life. He wasn't trying to really do nothing like that. Like he wasn't no over whole parts of the damn movie. Uh, he wasn't no activist. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cassie has been working with Hank, and they have created this. Um, I guess this device that can signal or send messages to the quantum realm. And it's and its goal is to map the quantum realm without anybody actually having to go there and put themselves in danger. Uh, somehow, and this is like kind of a plot hole. Is Janet it? just decided not to tell anybody about Kang. Well, you know the why? fact that he wanted to take over everything because they fear were is the motherfucker. Yeah, fear is the motherfucker. Yeah, right? clear. No, scared. No, but like, let's be clear. Janet and Kang fucked. Yeah, I'm just 100%. saying. one hundred percent. Two, two Bill, people and that, Bill Murray too. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like they, two uh, people that good looking. Yeah, two people that good looking with that chemistry, like Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors. No, they fucked. Wow, like a lot. I, I'm I think sure so because she didn't mention him at all. Like <laughs> no. not even a little. Like uh, not even a little bit. Not like and he's like a world threat. He's like a threat to the world, and she didn't even the whole multiverse. Like the whole did not even. And she didn't, she didn't say anything. Like anything. Wow. And then when it came, when which like, is how we get to the quantum realm. Yeah. Because <laughs> Kang is like, oh, I see this signal. I'm I'm pulling you motherfuckers in here. Yeah. But she she threw mentioned Bill Murray's character and like whatever he was something, and just moved yeah, on with her that, day. <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was a great piece of the movie. Just Michael Douglas and, and Michelle Pfeiffer, Hank and Janet, and 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 Hank was like, "Well, you know, it had to be that guy." And then she was like, "Well, yeah, you know, I was down here for a long time." And Hank is like, "Well, I had my needs too." And it's just hopes in the background being completely disgusted by her parents talking about their yes. their sex lives while they were separated <laughs> from each other. Um, oh but basically this kind of gets to Kang, uh, can't get out of the quantum realm. He was banished there. We don't know by who 
but he was banished there and he is trying to fix um his what what is it called in the movie his chair but it's like a I forgot what it's called, but I thought, device. I thought the other Kang, the Council of Kangs, banished him down there. Well, well we're he's getting to that. There. He's getting to that. He's leaving we're gonna gonna get there, bro. <laughs> spoilers just start with that. Like, why do we have to get there? This ain't the movie. Just start there. Oh, Damn. my God. This is so funny, so, so basically, this is, this is a heist movie about Kang needing this part of his shit back in order to get out of the multiverse. Uh... Janet was, you know, helping him. And by touching the chair, which had a neural link, she realizes, holy shit, this guy is like a fucking conqueror and a killer and we can't let him out. Uh, So she so she doesn't help him finish it. uh, And so he needs Scott to get him this part to help him uh, finish King's ship and launch a full-scale multiversal war. Um, won't go over the whole thing, but needless to say, we get to a position where Kang and Scott are fighting. And let's just be clear. Kang is whooping everybody's ass. Yeah. He's whooping everybody's I mean, ass. He's got to if he's going to be a threat to the new Avengers. I would fully right. expect him to fucking handle Ant-Man like it's no problem. Yeah, he flicked him. Like, you know, people don't people don't see Ant-Man coming. There's literally a scene where he just like flick, you know, just does a finger flick and flicks him away. He's hmm. he's OP to the max. Yeah, he has some sort of psychic like abilities, like where he can like yeah. stop time and stop you in your tricks and throw you in. It's pretty cool. I, I do worry about his character in terms of overkill. What I mean by that mm-hmm. is, hey, we just we saw him in Loki season one. We're seeing him in Quantum Mania. We're gonna see him in Loki season two. We have right. to carry this. Like, if how many times can we see Kane for people like get tired of seeing him? Which I, I don't mean, want people to do. You got to remember, it's gonna be multiple different versions of Kane. Right. Even even in, so, in across multiple movies. Yeah. Even, even so, and and that's my, one of my other problems with it. If we keep seeing Kang get defeated, even if it's different versions of Kang, it doesn't seem as much of a threat as Thanos did. When you know, when you have Thanos coming in and just beat the shit out of two of your most powerful Avengers, right. even though I know Kang how Kang works, and Kang yeah. is a different beast in terms of like people who don't understand comic books. If you know Kang, Kang is not beating one Kang doesn't mean shit. There right. are multiple no, Kangs. It, it doesn't. And then there's the Kang, the one that you don't fuck with. We have not really seen that Kang yet. Mm. Almost, almost like Darkseid. Darkseid's a good comparison to that. Yeah, you can be. So my, my theory, my theory is the guy that we saw, the Kang that we saw in Ant-Man is the Kang. I okay. don't think he died. So we should we should jump ahead and say there is a um there's basically at the end of this fight, Scott says, you know, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose. And he basically does what he did to uh, Yellow Jacket in the first movie, which is uh, sink or I guess even go more subatomic, if that's yes. possible, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to this king. And it appears that he dies, but we all know we we all watch a lot of movies, TV, and read comic books. If you don't see a body, they're not dead. So there's a chance that maybe this is how he got out of the multiverse. 
So I, I, I think, Delvin, that this is the Kang. And I was worried about that until I realized, oh, there's no body. So okay. this has to be, this has to be like a setup for something else. I like that's that how theory. I took it. How'd you take it, Dev? I, I never assumed that he was dead at all. Like that didn't even cross my right. mind. I'm like, this is the Kang, especially when you get to the council and they're like, ah, oh, man, we got, we, we, this is going to be a problem. So yeah, I, right. I never at all thought that this was a guy who was going to be dead. I just assumed, okay, they found a way to just kind of remove him off the board for a minute, but he's going to find his way back. Do you think that right. all these and we do see the are going to be too confusing for people who don't read comics? Because I'm just thinking about how many people dipped out of Fringe as soon as they introduced the Red Universe. <laughs> you That's know what I'm saying? Point. So, yeah. like, I, I mean, you know, yeah. is that is that going to be too much for people who are not, you know, Smart. you know, savvy with all mm. right? Well, you know, like get real deep with it with multiverses and shit. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to see if like there's a different Kang in Loki and then a different Kang in the movies. I can right. Delvin's concerns, I think, are legit because people will be like, "No, nah, I'm confused," and they'll just tap out. I, I think there could be some confusion, but I, I do think, and I think Marvel. I wouldn't even say they have to get back to this. I guess we just haven't been at this point since Endgame. Um. I was a little bit worried about that, but then I thought about like, if you, if you go and watch Endgame, mm-hmm. and you've never seen any of the other movies, it does a pretty good job. Like in that first 20 minutes of Endgame, kind of telling you everything that's happened or giving you like a general, right. um, a general idea of where you are. So even if you haven't seen the other movies, you go into Endgame, you're like, okay, I, I, kind of get where we are i think if they can do that and we just got to give people credit maybe i mean fringe fringe is i think a, an excellent example of it um but maybe that was a also like a timing thing with fringe mm-hmm. is i think multiverse because something else we're going to talk about in just a few minutes everything uh, everywhere all at once mm-hmm. like people were able to digest that that's true that is so true. So I, I I hope and I think they'll be able to kind of get like, hey, we're we're dealing with these multiverses like Stranger Things is there and it's a parallel universe. And so there's stuff that I think allows people to at least get a basic understanding of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I would hope that you wouldn't go into the very last movie of something thinking that you're going to understand it without having to see any of the other stuff mm, like true, true, true. like right. you don't you don't start on movie 27 true, true. And, well, just, and expect you, to know exactly what's going on you can yeah. but i i don't understand why you would think you'd understand what's going on if you start on 27 mm, right good point and i in i think like i say i i completely get you dev but i think i think marvel did do a good job in in game and Infinity War of kind of explaining to you what's happening. If if you if for some reason you were just like, oh, this is the biggest movie of 2019, I have to see it. Right? They they did a pretty good job of that. Um, and I think the other thing, and I want to just get your guys' thoughts on it. Um, the other thing that we saw Marvel do is actually uh kind of decrease their output for 2023-2024. So there were a number of shows that were 
on the docket to come out that hadn't had hard dates that they uh, have pushed back. They also pushed back the Marvels from August to November. Um, they said they're doing this in order to make sure that there's like no crunch on the film, that everything is getting uh, done and it has plenty of time. Also with the two other shows, which are Loki and um, Secret Invasion. Uh, it looks like Marvel's kind of heard some of the criticism of, hey, there's too much coming out. And so they've sort of spaced that out now to give things time to breathe. Uh, how do you guys feel about that compared to kind of what we had over the last two years, which is really a bombardment of stuff, uh, to them going back to almost the way they were doing it in phases two and three, as far as we have a few more movies, but they're more spaced out. I prefer I them. Thing. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on the opposite end of it. Really? <laughs> well, see, I, th I do. I think it's a good thing because I want the thing that, and it might just, that I'm, I'm learning about this about myself. That the older I get, the more kind of resistant to change I get, which is kind of funny. Um, but I'm noticing that I'm not as invested in these new Marvel characters as I was with all like kind of the phase one stuff and the phase two stuff, whatever, how many phases we were like before, like up to end game. We had this whole Avengers right. team. We got all their stories. I was really invested in them. I am not finding myself as invested in like what this next generation, I guess we can call it, or this next phase of mm -hmm. characters. So if they are slowing down to tell us more stories or to get us more acclimated to who's going to be fighting Kang, so maybe we fall, people who not read comics can fall in love with them the same way we fell in love with like Iron Man and Thor and all them. Um, I think it's a good thing. Uh, because I mean, okay. yeah, I do, I do. So it's just, and maybe, and maybe, and that just, that just might be my preference. Um, because I remember like watching all, I like, I watched Iron Man. I watched all the Thor stuff. I watched all the, you know, the Captain America stuff. I watched Black Panther. I have not watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet because I kind of don't care. I haven't been that invested mm -hmm. in it yet. Um, I want to watch Miss Marvel just because I heard it's awesome and she's great. But again, it's not a character that I'm like heavily. I guess I got to watch it first to see how much I love it. I saw Loki. It was good for what it was, but I'm not like fucking team Loki. Like he's great. And I love like the story, but I next, you know what I'm saying? So I guess I'm just not invested right. in this next level of Avengers. I mean, so slow it down. Take your time. Tell us some stuff. I so think, I want you to hold that thought, Crystal, because okay. I want to come back to something. But but Dell and Dev, because Dev, you have a completely uh, different take on this, which we talked about a little bit. But but Delvin, what do you think? I think they and I think Crystal kind of proved my point a little bit. They should take a little bit more time to polish things off, because I think a lot of the thing issues that people had with Phase Four is a lot of things didn't feel polished. Like when you like, and what I mean by it mm -hmm. is like. You look at um, what is the uh, multiverse of madness? There right. were like clear plot holes in Wanda's character that didn't fit her arc in the actual WandaVision show. Right. And then when you kind of like look at some of the, the some of the things before with a lot of the MCU stuff, it gelled together so well. And while it still mm -hmm. is, it's not doing it as it once did. And I feel like a lot of that's okay. like they're trying to get stuff out there so fast that it's at a rate that may not work for them. And so yes, you're feeling like that it was really a rush on this stuff, and that's 
maybe where your disconnect came from? I, I, I feel like some of, some of these things can be a little bit more polished. Certain things can be asked out. Cause like I know certain shows felt like they should have been movies and certain movies felt like they mm-hmm. should have been shows. Yeah. So maybe it might be a little right. better for the light. Let's take our time. And let's figure this out. Let's figure out what works as a show and what works as a movie. Like one of the problems I said, like I love Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I was like, this might, might have worked better as a movie as opposed to a show because after you have this incredible yeah. seat, seat, uh, section of the mo- of the show where you have like Falcon becomes Captain America and you have this big awesome fight sequence that leads to the end of the show. Okay, you got it. Falcons, Captain America, everybody excited. Didn't you just have 30 minutes of just downtime? They're just like, all right, we're done now. I'm like, wow, it's 30 more minutes of the show going? It's kind of it's kind of like, all right, yeah. it's, I like it. It's cool that we get that, but it's like, ah, uh, we probably should have just ended that thing like he became Captain America and did his thing. And it's stuff like that that kind of makes me wonder, like, oh, maybe they should have cut certain things back or developed certain things in a different way to make it gel a little bit more better. And I think Phase, well, I guess Phase Three did such a good mm. job at that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it felt a bit more cohesive. Dev, you're you're on the other side of this. I see you making all sorts of faces. Yeah, What's, uh, I swear, so, I'm so, watching just completely different things. Clearly, <laughs> so you, so to be clear, you like the pacing that they had and the structure yeah. that they had. Because I don't watch anywhere near as much stuff as you guys do, I'm always mm-hmm. here for more of it. I watch all the Marvel stuff. I thoroughly enjoy all of it. Um, everything feels cohesive and all makes sense to me. Like, I didn't feel like there were any plot holes or any problems to me. Everything made sense. Like, even, like, the Captain Winter, the Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier thing, like, that 30 minutes feels just like the prologue to me. So it just makes sense. It all fits. It doesn't feel like it's tacked on. Uh, I'm, I'm, Doctor Strange didn't feel rushed to me. Like her plot, everything made sense to me. Like it all just fit. And again, I probably don't high, hold it to like this super high bar or anything. It's all just Marvel and comic books. And I'm selfish. I don't care what people think. I enjoyed it, and that's all that really ever matters for me. Right. So, right, I'm that's like, really here, all that more. matters, right, is whether you just, enjoy the content. Just right. keep, yeah, just keep giving more to me. Like I'm not here for cinematography i'm not thinking about how no, the thing was we written. we'll talk about that later shot. <laughs> I, like, it's just comics so give me more i'm here give me all the stuff don't slow it down just keep it coming because it's really one of the few things that i actually consume when it comes to this type of media like it's it's this and it's huh? star wars and it's other disney stuff that my kids watch like that's really the extent of a lot of the media that i consume so the more of it, the better it is for me because then I have something to watch. I am gotcha. still pissed off it, about the Eternals after credit scene. Yeah. Because it took something that could have been so cool the, and they fucked it up. The Star Fox scene or... No, no that was cool. That was the cool. Arisham scene. The second the scene. The Arisham scene where he comes back? Where... Um, and he's like, hey, we have to judge you. That is that the scene you're talking about? No, the scene... Where Black Knight is about to grab the sword. Oh, okay, okay. And then a voice who's supposed to be fucking Blade comes out and says, "You, you, you might want to think about that." But they never show who it is. It's not. If you're in the theater watching it, you don't know who the fuck that is. They don't allude to being Blade. You have to it, literally. It was Mahershala Ali's voice. Yes, yeah. it was Blade. It was Blade. No, they they they. Did a better job here's the thing. That. Here's the thing. 
that's the that's the seed you plant to have people go looking for it and writing articles. So to me, that's fine. You don't need to explain it because somebody's gonna find the explanation. Like that's just the world we or live in now. You can show something that alludes to it being blade. Anything. I mean, nah. I kind of I'm like back and forth on that because I think to I see what both of y'all are saying, but that really depends on who you're making the movie for. So if you are making the movie for super fans that want to geek out and get on Reddit and listen to pods like this and read all those articles, yeah. If you're making it for, you know, just the regular Joe Schmo who just wants to go see a fun action movie, they're not going to do the research. They're not, they're not, they're not, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe they find a tip. Like maybe they they probably didn't even see the scene because they left. (laughs) I I will, I will. It's also a good point. So I, I think they, I think they've, probably saw the scene. The right. reason I say this is because Marvel is now trained people right, to, to stay after yeah. credits. Like, if, if people that, stay if after that credits case, for all types of movies. Half the time that I go to these Marvel movies, half the theater leaves. I'm just like, y'all really still don't get it. I mean, some of them might uh, not care. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I will put I mean, you can always watch is, the scene uh, online, too. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I'll, I feel like you could at least give in like a silhouette. You know, that they, I mean, Blade has pretty iconic armor in the way he looks. Yes. That you right, could have, flat right, or well. something, or the code, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there could have been something to kind of allude, because I didn't know who the fuck it was either. I had no, I had no idea, like, I'm not, so I had no idea the significance of the scene. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know why I should give a shit that he's reaching for the sword. Like, that scene did nothing to me. And I knew it wasn't for me, right. though. I knew it was for, like, you guys. So. It's viral audio. It's, that's uh-huh. really all it is. Uh-huh. It's just a put viral it audio that they want you to go looking for. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Everybody in the theater with me thought it was fucking Nick Fury talking to him. They had no clue with Blade. Okay. None. And I and I would I, I would understand that yeah. because that kind of links. Uh so Crystal, I want to go back to what you were saying because I've I've heard this on other podcasts, I've heard this on YouTube videos, um, and I've heard this from just friends and people I've talked to. There there does seem to be a disconnect mm-hmm. with the new characters. Mm-hmm. Is that and you're a storyteller, so I want to get your take on it because, you know, you're you're obviously trying to write characters that are compelling and that that people want to follow. Is this a function of is this a function of how Marvel is telling this story or introducing these characters? Or is this just a function of maybe a hangover from uh, people that we loved or or characters um, that we kind of kind of grew up with mm-hmm. um, and, and and the third thing is you you said watching Iron Man watching Thor right mm-hmm. there seem there seemed to be a much more immediate connection mm-hmm. and phase one with these what do you think the difference is in how how is it how these characters are being presented is it just not well written what what's going on there you think so i think i think this might be i don't have a problem with the way marvel is like telling these stories let me just i like i love all these shows don't get i like i love i know we we have like debates about whether or not we like moonlight um you know wandavision was my shit i really enjoyed mom um you know multiverse of madness all that kind of stuff but i think Mm -hmm. i think what the disconnect might be here is and and this might just be a consequence of TV shows and movies and this and how they're doing it now. 
because that's what we're seeing, right? I feel like in the early phases, there weren't TV shows. We just all go see the movie, right? Where it's a TV Mm -hmm. show, I can skip it. I can wait till I have time. I might get around to it. Whereas, you know, Moon Knight, the movie comes out, I'll probably watch it because that's two hours of my time I can just throw on. Even if I don't go see it in the movie, I'll get a copy. I'll watch it on streaming. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a different, I guess, sure. commitment. So, um, as opposed to, like, having to sit through, like, a whole TV show. So, I think that's right. definitely the difference there. Um, and I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing because, like, we talked about some of these things. Eternals should have been a fucking TV series, right? it would have just worked a hell of a lot better. So I think that maybe once we finally get like a new Avengers movie and we see all these characters together and we check out their chemistry, it'll be a little bit different. Um, But I think that they have to be really careful too, because kind of the biggest kind of critique that I heard about multiverse of madness is that nobody understands that Scarlet witch is under the, like the effects of that dark hole book, whatever the fuck it's called. And I feel like a lot right. of people don't because a lot of people didn't watch S.H.I.E.L.D. So they don't even understand what the fuck this book is and why it's important and yeah. why it's such a big deal that she's corrupted by it. Everybody just thinks that Scarlet Witch has just lost her fucking mind. So like they don't like that's like it, anytime I see any critiques about Scarlet Witch and Multiverse of Madness, it's like everybody just ignores that part. And I think that's because right. Marvel does not do a good job in Multiverse of Madness of talking about why this book is such a big fucking deal. It's almost like they expected you to go watch S.H.I.E.L.D. And I didn't even know that. The, I just noticed it because I fucking like I just love Scarlet Witch and I love Doctor Strange. So I was like all in on that movie. So I'm geeking out like a motherfucker. I'm reading everything. And I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. It was from, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, whatever. So and the cra- when they the crazy finally thing about it is S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer canon. Right, which is like, what the fuck? So when they finally start these movies, and I know they will because we we know what's on the schedule, we know what's coming up, and they finally get all these characters together that are from TV shows, I think they're going to have a real challenge there of pulling maybe important plot points that people may or may not have watched. And I think it's a big ask to say, well, if you want to understand certain things, you're going to have to watch the TV show. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think gotcha. I, I, I don't. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that if there are important plot points to these movies that are found in TV, you have to revisit them some way in the movies. Otherwise, there's got to be some sort of review. Something. Of that. There's got to be it, something. You can't expect people so, to just have tapped into this so completely. So yeah. and I think this is kind of Devin. Devin points out because Delvin, when you were talking about like they're feeling like there was plot holes. And I saw Devin's face because I know exactly what Devin's thinking. Like, well, if you watch WandaVision, you saw the end of WandaVision, you see her reading the Darkhold. Mm -hmm. But I think from what Delvin's saying, I think it's you you can kind of insinuate it. But if you didn't watch it and even if you did watch it, to be honest, Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have an idea of like you were saying, Crystal, what the Darkhold is, why it corrupts and all those things. So I I do think this is a little bit of, I think this is a little bit, even though this is geek paradise right now, (laughs) like this is the best time to be a geek ever. And um, people like us are, are going to watch the shows. Like we're going to watch the shows and, and, you know, watch the YouTube think pieces and, you know, watch screen crush and all this stuff. Um, 
I I do think that with the TV shows, I think that has affected Marvel a little bit in their storytelling, other than, you know, stuff like Crunch and just having a complete two movies at the same time, things like that. But we are kind of asking people to get on this train Mm -hmm. and to like go even deeper into the bowels of the train Mm -hmm. because, hey, this is connected storytelling. Right. And I think it's great. I think, but I just think it's, yeah, yeah. I just think that they're just, and it's ambitious. Yeah. It's ambitious. Listen, I love the way they're fleshing out these characters. And I think a lot of this is just my personal preference too, with me not being really that much in love with these new Avengers. Um, Right. I mean, you know, you know, the old school Avengers, they just, whatever, they just did it for me. Um, But these new characters, I'm like, they're great. I'm just not, you know, I'm not like all in it. I don't know. You know, we we got it. We get an end game tomorrow. I don't know that I'm tearing up when somebody starts. You know, <laughs> you know, when everybody shows up in the portals. So, Mr. Stark, right. I don't feel so good. <laughs> right, 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 right. No. But maybe we'll get there. You know, like I've I I'm I'll give Margaret all Mar- Marvel all the good graces on this one and give them all the time mm. to tell these stories and flush out these characters and make their hardcore fans and geeks happy because it's not that I'm not enjoying the content, but I'm very interested to see if they can maybe capture the same magic that they did when we've got the first Avengers movie. And that's a hard ask and they might not. And I don't know if it's fair to ask them to do that. Yeah. I mean, if, if they don't, I I mean, listen, you still get an A plus for trying something that nobody's ever tried before. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about Marvel uh, a lot more. We know we have uh, Loki coming up, and I think before that we'll have Guardians Volume 3, which is just already making people cry at the trailer. So yep. um, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk more Marvel, um, and uh, that's going to lead us into another multiverse story. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because I think we're going to end up talking about this in a couple of weeks, but everything, uh, everywhere, all at once has almost swept every single major awards show. Um, they won best film at the producers guild. They won uh, best ensemble at SAG. Uh, I think they won at the DGAs, the directors guild. Uh, everything is leading to, this really unlikely but incredible movie being a true, true genre movie that wins Best Picture. It, it, it looks like their cast might be sewn up. I, I know we're going to have a riot here if Michelle Yeoh doesn't win. Crystal is going to flip her shit. I will flip this And rightfully so. <laughs> um, but it, it looks like she could be uh winning that so we're gonna talk more about that in a couple of weeks i don't want to harp too much on it because the big show is coming up oscars are next weekend and we'll have a show right after that um but how fucking cool is it to see this story with this cast like win all these awards and i know awards don't matter like especially to someone like devin he's like i could give a fuck less about awards but there's but it's very rare that people of color get recognized in this capacity. Um, how awesome has it been to watch this? Amazing. And it also proves Pretty that what people have been saying for the longest time. Like, hey, when you have diversity in your movies and you have diversity and stuff, 
People will, people will pay to see it. People will watch it. People will enjoy it. All and you got to do is make something that's the bomb. That's it. Yeah, just make it, make yeah. it quality. For, for years, yeah. I have always got mad. One of the things that irks me the most, how we have all these black movies that we grew up with, Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, Friday, Colors. You, the list goes on and on. New Jack City. That so many mm. white people reference and love and, and talk about yeah. and praise, but they never got the recognition they deserve. Never. Like when you when people no. when people talk about the top like comedies of all time, they now mention Friday. They weren't mentioning Friday back then. Mm-hmm. And, I, right. and I, I I love that we're in a time where a movie like every that can come out and like everything everywhere all at once can come out and people will praise it and they will love it and it will get recognized for being a great movie that it is. And I, I think that it's dope that we are thinking and looking outside the box for incredible great movies. And I think that's an amazing thing. We do more about it. I think I think it's awesome. And even on the same tip, but a little bit different. I think it's awesome that for 20 years now, the Rocky franchise has been associated with Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. it's associated with Adonis Creed. I'm so excited <laughs> for Creed 3. I can't fucking wait. And, and, and Michael B. Jordan directing mm-hmm. yes. taking his cues taking his cues from fight scenes from anime yes and people are looking <laughs> right? at is is this generation's rocky and it's making a lot of money and it's super successful i think that's dope yep. that the torch has been passed on from rocky to creed now i want to see that happen more in movies i want to see more diversity and diversity that doesn't it doesn't feel forced it feels natural now i think when you see right. movies do well with diversity, it's because of that. 100%. It's not hard to do, people. It's really not. It's really not. It really really isn't. Like, if, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians, Black Panther, everything everywhere, like, if you make these movies, people will show up because our, our stories are uniquely ours, but they're also very universal in some aspects. Um, so diversity, like it pays, which takes us into this next thing. And, um, well, I'm going to let everybody else talk about it nah. before I have my say. Nah, no, but, no, 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 no. I went on Twitter talking about how I went to go see the, the premiere of Luther, <laughs> Luther movie. You did. You did. <laughs> so but you're going to talk right. about this. <laughs> <laughs> Luther Paul's son. I want to see it early. And now you want me to go slander this fan. I'm not saying that we should slander Idris Elba. That is not uh, what I'm saying. This is going to uh, hurt. Idris Elba, and, and I'm paraphrasing, he had an interview um, for his upcoming movie on Netflix, uh, Luther. Um, which the I saw next early. installment in that series. Uh, which Delvin was lucky enough to see early and has rave reviews about it. I am a super uh, fan. He said he wants up. to be known as an actor, uh, not a black actor, because he feels like that puts him, um, kind of typecast him or puts him uh, in a place where he's only available for certain roles. Uh, in response to this, uh, John Boyega who is very, very active Mm -hmm. on Twitter. He tweeted, 
Uh, and I quote, I think we should fixate on who is typecasting and putting actors in boxes because of this, not on making weird adjustments for them. We continuously focus on what we have to do so they don't have so they don't do this or that. Very worrying. We black, and that's that. Uh, so Idris Elba, uh, I think, responded to that and basically said, "Hey, this is just how I feel. We shouldn't be um, <laughs> taking each other down." Uh, listen. Mm. Neil Long said something like this uh, about black movies um, a couple of years ago, how that we shouldn't be calling them black movies. We should just be calling them movies. Uh, starting with you, Dev, <laughs> how, how do you, what, what do you think of the black actor, black movie <sighs> discourse? Does, does Idris have a point? I, I, I can see his point and I get it because it's like when you have to say black in front of it, it's like an asterisk. Um, we don't okay. say white movies. We we don't Correct. say Tom Cruise is a white actor. He's just an actor. So I get where he's coming True. from. And it, it runs in this weird place where it's like, I don't want to denounce the fact that I'm black and make it seem like it's a problem or that I'm not proud to be black. But in the same token, I don't want that to have to be what I am all the time. Like, I just want to be an actor. You Why don't do I have to have be, to be black all, all you are? Right. right, exactly. What have to be okay. a black actor? Nobody says, "Oh, Tom Cruise is a white actor." Like it's, but as soon as you're anything else, oh, it's an Asian actor, Asian actress, mm -hmm. it's a Mexican actor. It's like, why do we always have to have that connotation when it's a person of color? So I get what he's saying, but I also see where John Boyega's coming from. It's like we black, like it's what it is. Deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Wakanda forever. So I see both sides. I don't think that right. there is ever going to be a happy medium. I don't think there's ever going to be a way we are ever going to get past this until the world is just nothing but persons of color. Until right. we're homogenized to the point where everybody is just the same mutt mix. It's always going to be a black actor. It's always going to be an Asian actor. And it'll never, nobody will ever call white actors white actors. They'll just be actors. I don't think that's ever going to change. So I see both sides and I don't know what the fix, what the solve or where to go with that is. Crystal. Crystal, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to let Delvin go because he wants to jump in. I feel, I feel no, like I'm he's going to say this. Yeah. Ezra Albert is trying to tell you he's sick of you niggas casting him in Tyler Perry movies. <laughs> he is like, yo, I've been in too many goddamn Tyler Perry and oh. black movies. I am never going back to that shit. I done seen this white money. <laughs> I was not going to throw myself, come do Tyler Perry, throw mama from a train part two. No, no, no. I, let me get this this good Marvel money. What am I going to get? <laughs> oh, man. I think there is some naivety to Idris Elba's words. Um, to be honest, because I agree with Dev 100% to a point. Like when I am remembered for all the great works that I do, um, I just want to be the fucking goat. Period. Better right, right, um, right. right. But however, um, I think there is a pride that you can carry um, in the same way that Michelle Yeoh and our boy did at the SAG Awards when you are the first of something. When you are so good because you earned it, you beat everybody else. But now they're also recognizing you because you are these other things like, you know, when I'm the goat of what the fuck ever I'm gonna be the goat of like and then they're also going to say and she's LBTQ, you know, and she's mixed, right. you know, they're going to, you know, attach all those other things that I she's a woman, you know, all those other things that I am to it. 
Um, and that is always going to be until white isn't the default, until it's not the generic anymore. Um, so I get what Idris, I think, is trying to say, but said badly. However, it is very naive of him to think that other people are looking at him as an actor. So he needs to side with John Boyega mm. if he wants what he said to be true. Then he's got to go after people who are going to look at him and not cast him for a role because he is black. So for I mean, right. he can't he, he can't just take that off. You know, he can't. So I get him not wanting to be typecast. It's he's not going to get that by just saying I'm not black motherfucker they looking at you they see you are and that's going to affect what lands on your desk because that's how it works so if you only want to be an actor which i think you should be then you and john boyega better get together and y'all thought you know let's make these waves let's make this chain let's see it happen where maybe we do start saying white actor black actor asian actor or we like they've said we just get rid of all that and we should just call people what they are and when we finally break all these fucking glass ceilings, then, you know, and everybody's on the same playing field, it won't matter anymore. But until then, he's right. he's really naive to think that just because he said that it's, you know, and all of a sudden he's not going to get typecast. I mean, nobody you, you're not you're not going to get they're not putting you in Top Gun. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? they're not, <laughs> you know, they're going to make a whole different movie for you. They're going to put you in the movie that they put in Jonathan Majors that was specifically about the black aviator. You, Devotion. Right. You don't get to yeah. be, they're not making you Maverick. You want to know? Because uh, you black, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, I think, you, get to, you get the name Sundown. You get to be Sundown right. in Top Gun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, no. I think now to, to give some levity to it, I think that uh, there's a little trauma. Mr. Album, because oh, I think sure. if, if you um look at his career and the roles he was getting, I made the joke about him being in the Tyler Perry movies and all those black roles and early in his career that he that, that's what they was giving him. Mm-hmm. And then him, him like moving yeah. up and getting bigger and better movies and stuff, which was cool. But at the same time, he kind of I, I know it, I know it bothered him that everybody was saying he should have been James Bond. And essentially because he was black, they were like, nah, we can't ask him to James Bond. Right. I know that bothered him a lot. Right. Uh, and right. you can you can tell that. And that's why I think he kind of looked like, nah, I just want to be known as an actor. Because they're, I'm, they're, I'm quite sure he has experienced certain roles that he just couldn't get, that he's probably tried out for because of his color of his skin. So I kind of can sympathize with that because Hollywood's dirty. Like, <laughs> whether you want to admit it or not, Hollywood's very dirty. And they kind of they look yeah. for diversity when they feel like diversity is going to profit them. Yep, that's true. And, that's and true. yes, people have been asking for him to be James Bond forever. That has been a thing. He knows the and thing. And he's probably aged out of it now. Yeah, he wants to be yeah, James it, Bond. Luther right. is kind of like his right. um, alternate. That's kind of like, hey, this is... You can't be James What's Bond, but you What's funny is, I'd rather you not be James Bond. James Bond is a white dude. Can we make something better? Right, it's a whole like, big-ass universe. Like, yeah, we don't, that's my other thing. Like, we don't have to take on the white roles. Like, we can just make our own fucking James Bond. We don't need to be James Bond. Fuck James Bond. Like, nah, we can do something different. Like, I hate that, that it's like, oh, we want to do this and be this character instead of just being able to make that in our own way. Right. Instead of having to fit into this role. 100%. I agree. I get that. The problem with that is, when we do, and this is the thing that annoys me about this. People say that all the time. Go find your own thing to make. 
when we find our own thing, we make it, people don't support it. Right. Well, and I that's think the that's changing. I think, it's changing I now. Think, yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely, I think that definitely was the case, but I think that's definitely changing now. And I think that's why it's so important for P- actors of Idris Elba's stature. If the opportunity isn't there, fucking make it. I mean, yeah. you know, you can yeah. go like, I mean, let's let's take Michelle Yeoh, for example. Um, we didn't see her a lot over here in the West because she was like, y'all handing me stupid ass Asian type, you know, scripts. And I was like, fuck you, I ain't doing it. So we didn't see her for like right. a hot minute because um, yeah. she was just like, no. So what I'd love to see now is instead of them just disappearing to, you know, especially now that she's got all this power behind her and all these actors who do, if you want the opportunities, make them. If Shang-Chi, you know, Crazy Rich Asians, Black Panda, everything, everywhere, all at once can have so much success now, there is no reason that the power of some of these actors should not be literally be throwing at making the kind of content and creating the kind of roles that they want to play. Stop fucking waiting for white Hollywood to give you permission. You're never going to get it. Just fucking do it. So I, I, I feel really, this is one of the things I feel really complicated about, um, and really conflicted about because I understand what Idris is saying. If, if everything was perfect mm-hmm. and we were just judging on merit, um, he would have been cast as James Bond and not because we needed a black James Bond because he's a British guy. <laughs> and yeah. James Bond, the, 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 yeah. the main thing yeah. about James Bond he's is British. he's British. Right. He's yeah. very, very British. And James Bond can be black or white. He's just a British bloke, right? So, which makes it hilarious that Sean Connery was ever James Bond. I digress. I mean, he, <laughs> I don't know if he was born in Germany, but Idris Elba is British, like very British, very British. Yeah, British as fuck. So, <laughs> aren't they all? Not Sean Connery. So, Scottish as fuck. James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> How funny is that shit? <laughs> That's true. So I, I understand that want to be seen as just what I am no qualifier, no other connotation. I I am an actor, which is what he is. Yeah. I also think that's just not the world that we live in. Um, And it hasn't been And kind of like Dev. I don't, I don't know how we get to that point. Um, Because I think, I think the people who are saying black actor for the most part, are white Hollywood executives. They're yep. the ones that are making this that way and pigeonholing. So I think I, I think while I understand what he's saying, I agree with, with John Boyega that you you basically have to disrupt the system. The 100%. system is is what has to change. Um, and I think that can be done in multiple ways. I, I do think there's absolutely value in going out and making your own stuff. I, I do think, and this is, you know, maybe we'll we'll talk about this another time. Delvin, you brought up Tyler Perry. No matter what you feel about Tyler Perry, he is a very successful black man. 100%. That has done it in his own way. That doesn't 
to be honest, doesn't make movies for me. Probably doesn't make movies for any of us, but makes them for our aunties, makes them for our mm-hmm. grandmas. It is yeah. something that they go out and watch and support um, that speak to them. That doesn't necessarily speak to me. There's a couple of Tyler Perry movies I like, but I've had some of the same criticisms that Spike Lee has had of them. Other people in the black community have had of them. Medea is kind of like a trope character and it's problematic if, you know, white people are coming to your movie and that's what they're seeing and they're not seeing the full scope. That being said, he is making a very black movie for black folks, a very specific set of black folks. So I do think there's value in having a black movie um, because let's be real. When they were making the Godfather, that, that wasn't for us. I love the Godfather, by the way. I love The Godfather right. because there are some universal themes in it, but that wasn't for us. And nope. and that, um, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, who's incredible, he wasn't, you know, he was making that from his point of view from Mario Puzo's novel and, you know, what he probably, what he's experienced, what he's gone through as an Italian-American, um, the things that he grew up seeing, there's an experience there and we don't qualify those movies. We just call them movies. Mm -hmm. I think you can still have a black movie and you may not be from South central like I am, but you can watch minister society and understand the themes, Right. but it can still be for us and by us. And so there's, there's gotta be a fine line that we walk in still creating our own thing, but trying to dismantle these systems, I kind of think they go hand in hand 100%. where we, you know, do we need black studios? Absolutely. But how dope would it be to have a black exec at Disney making those calls, Right. have a black exec at Warner brothers making those calls. And what do those movies look like? I'm not just talking about the supermans and the, the more popular movies. I'm talking about the line level movies that are $55 million budgets um, that get to, you know, kind of contend in these award spaces all the time. Uh, I, I think both, I, I think there can be a synergy for both. And I hope there is. Um, it's, it's been a long time, but we, we gotta, we gotta hope that we keep getting there. And I think it's a fair conversation to have. I understand where Idris is coming from, understand where John is coming from. And uh, perhaps we just have to figure out how we, align those two things so we can make black movies that are just movies and be black actors as well as just actors. There's a, there's a way to do that. Um, But like Devin said, it's going to take a lot of work and it's honestly, it's probably going to take a lot of these old ass white dudes just dying off, passing away and, and getting those opportunities to people that don't look like that. That, that, that's, that's my take. Let, so, let, let me we'll, give some credit we'll to somebody real quick. And I know people shit on yes, him all the time, but you got to give Tyler Perry credit. Tyler Perry Absolutely. sat here and made the movies that he wanted to make and became so successful at making those movies, he was able to build a whole studio, a black-owned, yes. black-run mm-hmm. studio. Employing, that now Marvel films on. Yes, employing right. hundreds of black people. 
So yeah, I get it. The Tyler Perry movies be problematic, and you can love them or hate them, whatnot, like that. And I, yes, I will crack jokes on Tyler Perry all day about that. But the <laughs> right. fact remains that Tyler Perry is employing people of color, giving us jobs, and eventually that studio right. that people are that people are going to and filming Marvel movies out of, it's going to create black films that we want to see. It's going to create content of people of color want to see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a director that no one has heard of that's a person of color who's going to probably have their first shot making movies in that studio. Right. So that alone yeah. kind of makes you put things in perspective. Like, you know what? It makes sense. Sometimes you got you got everybody have to start somewhere. And if Tyler yep. Perry's start was Absolutely. from was Medea and we start getting more black people who can make their own movies and create their own vision of stuff that we want to see, then I'm all for it. Hey, if, I, if we gotta have a Medea to get to a Black Panther, I'm here for it. Yeah. Hey, you you know what it comes down to, it, it, and we say this all the time, and I sincerely think a lot of people don't hear us. Mostly white folks don't hear us when we say this. Black people are not a monolith, man. Nah. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not a monolith. We 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 share we share um you know culture, but you're talking to four. You're talking to to four black people right now who are from different places, different regions, had different backgrounds. Me and Devin are both from Southern California, did not have the same exact upbringing. Not at all. Not, not at all. We're very, very different. Um, so black people aren't a monolith. And I think it's, it's actually healthy for us to have these conversations. I think amongst ourselves, like, white folks we don't need your opinions on these things uh because <laughs> these are these are you know things that we're we're talking about amongst ourselves um but we're not we're not a monolith and uh i think the 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 sooner hollywood understands that probably the more money they'll make when they when they understand there's there's different things that different folks want to see 100%. um so we'll we'll see we'll see uh what happens with that and i'm sure We'll revisit that um, hopefully later in the year. We'll see what what happens with um, black film in particular this year. I, I thought last year was a pretty good year for it. The Woman King was amazing, um, and I hope we we have some more to look forward to. But uh, now we're going to talk about cinema, yeah. <laughs> the magic of television, Let's do it. the the <laughs> wondrous writing sumptuous cinematography um, <laughs> yeah. if you're watching this on youtube shut his camera off yeah. um, we're talking about we're talking about the same thing that it feels like everybody in america is talking about we're talking about the last of us on hbo oh airing every sunday um where crystal just puts in the uh discord how much it's ruined her completely <laughs> yeah, oh, she, completely. Co- she continues to go back uh-huh. uh Has even Delvin though it ruins yet? her every sunday yeah devil you caught uh, up yet no i'm on episode five <laughs> That's fine. I play the game. I know what the fuck happens. It doesn't matter. I actually, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this latest episode yet either, and I also haven't played that part of the game. I never played. Really, you don't know what's happening. How? Because you know, when I finish a game, I typically don't go back. And they released that DLC so far afterwards, and I was like, "Okay, gotcha." 
but I mean, I know it happens. You know what like, happens? Yeah, it's not a spo- yeah. it's not a spoiler. Like, it's not like, a spoiler. It's like that. It happens. They tell you in the game, the yeah. original game. Like oh, this happened. You just see how it happens. So this this show mm. has kind of become like the the in a way kind of the new Game of Thrones. It it's is the new is thing. one of one of the shows that is appointment television right mm-hmm. um where people who have never played the game are now uh watching this people who have played the game are invested in it crystal you love this show fucking love it in fact you tweeted um the other night which which <laughs> i retweeted you tweeted um eight shows uh to kind of get to know me mm-hmm. personally and I wasn't surprised, but was surprised just because it's it's so recent. The Last of Us was on there. 100%. Crystal, what what is it that you think is making this show work for so many people, whether they play the game or not? The people who created the show love the lore. Mm. That this is a a beautiful collaboration of love and understanding of what The Last of Us is. Um, and I think if you pair that mm-hmm. with somebody like mm-hmm. Craig, who is an excellent fucking script writer, um, you have the magic that we have right now with The Last of Us. And I'm a just, I do not, I don't know, there's a uh, Vera Wynn, AKA Mr. Matt is gonna like fight me on this, but he can fight me. This is the best video game adaption, period. Fucking period. It is the best, in my opinion. It is the absolute Whoa. best. All the other ones. Sonic should. fans can be mad. I know they can be mad. Uh, they stand up and take note. I mean, I'll fight with Sonic fans about that. I'll go see that dumbass movie because I even love. I love the Sonic <laughs> games. I'll go see that dumbass Sonic movie just so I can, I can, I can debate about it. But I, I do. I think it's the best. I think it's the absolute best. I think that what we are getting in the TV show is. I said this to Pixel a couple of nights ago. Like, we get the scenes that gamers wanted to see. And Mm -hmm. then they are also doing an amazing job of expanding the story to give us something new. And JV, you and I can talk all day about like the subtleties of, you know, one of the one things I loved about episode one was how do you show and not tell? So how do you say that Tommy is a world is a veteran of the war and that be an important plot point? You stick a bumper sticker on the back of his truck. And I was just like, right. that's just so like, even the opening shot with the curtains, because now I'm watching movies because I want to get into film. And I was just like, why that shot? And Pixel was like, that's the opening scene from the game, babe. Like, it's the window. And I was like, oh, shit, yep. now my right. heart's fucked up. And you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so much love poured into this. And it's such great writing. And Bella Ramsey and Pedro, Pat, like, what the fuck? Just They're just incredible. Hit, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're Anna Torb. Like all these people that are coming in and like they're just killing it. They're just I don't. You know, Me- Melanie Linsky was in oh, it. Oh my god, you know, she two was fucking amazing. I hated her character. It was wonderful. It. Yeah, I killed it. Yeah. Oh my god, that scene with those fucking they all came up out of that hole. The way that was shot, that pause, and then they all just fucking run. And that's people. That's not CGI. Those were actual actors yeah. in that fucking hole. That was a great scene. You that's know, right. I'm like, come on, like this. It's bro. Is, is the best. It's the best. It's fantastic. I think this should be like a master class that is taught with anybody wanting to get into TV writing or film in general. Like, watch this shit and learn. Yeah, I, I think it's um, I'm with you. Like, I and, and 
all jokes aside, like I really like the Sonic movies. Like I, I think they're <laughs> like super, super fun, man. Yeah. Like that's and, and until until The Last of Us, I thought like that's probably the best video game adaptation that there's been because it kind of captures the spirit of Sonic running around and you know yep. being kind of funny and cheeky. Um, this is I, once they cast Pedro Pascal, I felt like okay we're we're on to something here that that felt right and craig mazin who um also produced chernobyl um, god that was good produced and wrote so chernobyl good. i was gonna say Devin, you that that is a show I that you absolutely, absolutely loved. loved that show oh my god um, <laughs> the care that he has put into it um along with what's uh the designer's name who's also a producer on it i forget yeah, his name thing. Druckmann? Neil Druckmann, thank you. Um, this is obviously a labor of love. And they really love these characters. They love this world. And they've just been able to finally do something that I think... I'm going to try to explain myself. I think that video game movies haven't done. The problem yeah. with a video game and then trying to convert that into a movie is so much about a video game is your experience. Mm -hmm. We're going to play the same game. We don't play it the same way necessarily. We don't have the same experience. You might see an area that I don't see. You might be a, a platinum completionist. I might just be a story person. So the way we're interacting and also the way it makes us feel is we feel as if we're the characters. I think what The Last of Us has managed to do is take one of the best narrative stories of all time in gaming period that that's mm -hmm. a big, a big help. They've been able to take this story and not necessarily put you in it as the gamer, but been able to emotionally connect you to, um, to these two incredible characters and actors and kind of the, the struggle, the humanity, put yourself in, in those shoes. They've been able to do that and craft that with enough care that it just works. You know, well, it's, it's, and I, I just, I could go on and on. The all Last day about of Us is a movie that was turned into a video game. It's like the reverse. Mm -hmm. The Last of Us is not a typical video game. Like this is a fully right. realized, wonderfully told story mm -hmm. that they managed to be able to make into a video game. Yeah. And that's why it's able to translate so much better to, 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 to TV. Right. Like Sonic, right. like what the hell is Sonic? It's just, it makes no cartoon. sense. So it's a cartoon. It's a great yeah. video game adaptation to a movie because quite honestly, You've got the character, he's fast, there's some rings, there's some shenanigans, you've got Dr. Robotnik, and they did a well enough job to make it feel like, oh yeah, this is cool. This could could have right. been what was in the video game. But The Last of Us, because it's such an amazingly well-written and well-told story, right. that it's easier to adapt to TV and not have to worry about the video gamey stuff. Even the video game itself, like it plays, it's a survival game, so it's a little bit more real, a little bit more gritty, mm -hmm. so that that kind of right. stuff can translate to TV so much easier. And when it's as well as well done as The Last of Us is, like it, 
as long as you just stick to it and the fact that neil is a part of it able to help like mold and shape the direction to keep the story the story you're golden Mm. it doesn't get any better than that let let, let me add on to that because i think um well the the discussion that was happening earlier when this series came on was like why did the last of us get it so right in the halo series Mm -hmm. didn't because people love halo probably as much as they love the last of us Mm-hmm. I think right. I think Dev kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of like, hey, we know these characters. Last of Us was written so well, it just fits this format. Whereas Halo, for the, most of the series, we don't really hear, even hear Master Chief talk. So you kind of video right. game as video game. Yes, right. you yeah. don't even get to hear Master but Chief you know talk. Also... So when you go ahead, Devlin. No, go ahead, Crystal. Well, I was just going to say that I think, too, what happens a lot of times in video game adaptations, fucking looking at you, Tomb Raider, is they change shit just to change shit. People come mm-hmm. in with egos. I mean, it's the same. Like, why didn't The Witcher work, right? Why didn't, like, The Witcher is also a really strong narrative story, and that shit's based off of a really mm-hmm. loved book. It's a book. Right. It's books, why yeah. the fuck didn't it work? Because the people who wrote The Witcher did not love it. They changed shit just to change shit. They went in there with full ego, not listening to yeah. anybody who loved the original material and just did shit to do shit. And that's Halo why did the same thing. So did Tomb Raider. Yeah. Like the if you played the <laughs> right. 2013 Tomb Raiders, that story Crystal, you're talking about the, the newer Tomb yeah, Raider, the, right? Like I just want to clarify. Yeah, that. the 2013 Tomb Raiders. That trilogy with Laura Croft was so fucking good narratively. I was so excited for that movie. Yes. And that movie was fucking garbage because they changed shit just to change it. Whereas The Last of Us literally gives us video game scenes that we want to see and then expands on the world and the characters and just opens it up so beautifully. So there are so Mm -hmm. many strong narrative games that have not gotten a good adaptation because people go in with ego. Like, oh, this is cool. How can I change it? Instead of this is beautiful. How can I contribute to it? And the, the things or that they, they changed, the right, right, where it's just, <laughs> hey, we're just going to make this. Um, yeah, I think the things that they enhance, right, Bill and Frank, oh my mm-hmm. God, specifically, yeah. oh. which is just, um, you know, for the for those that have played the game, that that story is um, really told through journal entries mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I, I think they they obviously took this thing and these incredibly gifted actors um, and created what probably, you know, in a single episode, one of the best romances that we've had on TV in a number of years, which is just a remarkable thing to do yeah. because you you absolutely like fall in love with these characters or super invested in them. Every episode I'll fall um, in love with the character and they're fucking killing them. Like how, yeah. I mean... I want it, I want the twenty crazy. years that happened with Joel and Tommy and Anna Torv just so I get more fucking Anna Torv on my screen because she fucking killed right. this test. Like I, I want that. I want a whole yeah. fucking prequel. I don't give a fuck. Let me let I want to see Joel killing people and being an asshole for and that, ten episodes. And I think me that's, too. That's what <laughs> I think that's what they've done. Right? They they've done the thing that you have to do, which is hey, where can we expand on the story? Mm-hmm. Where can if we're going to change the story, why are we going to change it? And does it actually make sense for yeah. what does we're trying to do? And what we're make trying to serve? Right. Yeah. And they, they've done just an incredible job of that, which I think like you were saying, Dev, like 
the 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 Wii bowls of the world where it's like hey we're just gonna make this video game which a lot of these video games are shitty already <laughs> and we're just yeah. gonna make these shitty video games into shitty movies um because there's not really a respect for the material mm-hmm. so and, and I'll throw this to anybody um before we wrap up there are some video games that are going to be adapted into either series or movies. Um, I I think the two big ones uh, for me that come to mind are God of War, which Amazon is adapting. And I believe they're adapting the 2018 Mm -hmm. God of War. So which would technically be God of War four and Bioshock is supposed to be uh, filming this year movie or show a movie that is going to be a movie the first bioshock or the first bioshock okay okay yeah interesting is what are your expectations for that and what one do either of these video games make for compelling television and two how do they how do they do that? Because these are video games with a great narrative. I, I think the God of War 2018 dev was like, just keep playing it, keep playing it, keep playing it. And I was like, I don't want to keep playing it. I'm 10 <laughs> hours in, nothing's happening. And then I was like, oh, this is fucking great. Um, You're welcome. And Bi- it, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And Bioshock, which has this kind of incredible world, but is also a first person narrative um kind of again an incredible world this um incredible twist and turns um but is not not like the last of us even though the content is very heady the ideas are is there a way is there a world in which you see either of these two shows uh or or one show and one movie do you see these two projects being successful crystal I think you have, I think they need to not be like DC. You have a proven formula. Fucking use it. Mm-hmm. Don't be different just to be different. Literally look at what is working with The Last of Us. Look at what didn't work with The Witcher. And there you go. Like this, the, it should be black and white. Because I think that regardless of how the gameplay is for those two games, they are both really good stories. And I don't see right. any reason why you can't adapt that if you have people on the project who love it understand the lore and understand what gamers are going to want to see versus how you can expand that for people who have never played the game. Those are the only three things like you really have to do and you will be fine. If you go into this going, what can I change and how can I change it? You're going to fuck it up. You're going to fuck it up. It's not going to be good. We're going to hate it. Yeah. See halo. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) it's real easy. Just fucking do what they've already done. I I feel like, the Bioshock one might be easier to pull off production value-wise because Bioshock is a very isolated game. And yeah, you have things that come at mm-hmm. you and at you, but I feel like God of War is going to be the one that's going to be hard because there's so much production value that goes to God of War when you're fighting these giant creatures and you have the, the world that's just so immersive, almost like on the Lord of the Rings scale. Right. So much plot and stuff yeah. like that. It just feels like a Amazon ain't got more money than God. They can do it. 
Yeah, it, it yeah, like they, they, they made a Lord of the Rings series. They can do it. Well, they also yeah, made, they also like made a video movies. game that was kind of hit or miss. So yeah. <laughs> it feels like a huge undertaking. Though. Their like video game huge. series sucks. Yeah, yeah, it is a huge just, undertaking. You're right. I just think you're like, muted, Crystal. I, love, I, mean, I, was, I was just talking low. I, I, no, I, okay. I was just real quiet on that. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I, I just feel like um. Hopefully, both of them turn out good. I think both of them have very enriched stories, world building, much like um The Last of Us. So I think if there's any two properties that you can make a TV show or a movie out of that I think could probably work, it's probably those two. These might be it. Yeah, those might be the ones because they're, they're doing everything. They're doing Ghost of Tsushima, which has, has a chance. They're doing um, Days yeah. Gone, which I'm very shaky on that one because people didn't even like the plot of the game, no less. We're gonna make a movie out of it, so it's kind of like you know. Yeah, I I I get why people why these companies are like, hey, let's just start grabbing video game properties and making movies out of those and TV shows out of those because they see fucking Hollywood. <laughs> how is Hollywood sees That's how it goes? How it works so well in comic books, and I feel like they feel I feel like they feel like this is the next avenue we can go down where people where that could probably hit big. And if we can get a couple of video game properties, or, or you could, or you could end up like DC. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do a DC thing. Don't do DC. Yeah, but yeah. like Crystal said, as long as they have people who understand the story and are want to tell the story as it is, um, then it should be fine. As long as Sony Santa Monica is actually involved in creating the adaptation to Amazon Prime. I think the right way is to do a series. That game is long. There is a lot of yeah. stuff going on. Yeah. You cannot make that into a movie. Um, as long as we stick to the story, as long as we keep the characters, the essence of the characters is what is the most important part. As long as you stay true to the characters and really build on that, if there's any changes that need to be made, as long as they make sense to the actual narrative, then... I think it has a really good chance of doing well. Um, with Bioshock, I think a movie is the right way to go uh, because that game isn't as long, but a lot of Bioshock is told through like the little like narrative stuff that you get. So as long as you, again, right. keep with that, I think Bioshock is a very interesting tale. I, I, yes. I, yeah. I probably am more excited to see that turn into something than I would be God of War because I know God of War. I'd be more interested to see right. what the hell they do with Bioshock. I'd rather see Bioshock Infinite because I fucking love that game. That is the best um, one. But I, I think they... He's right. It is yeah, the best one. It's the best one. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with it. I just don't know if I would have said it out loud. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite is the best Bioshock. Fight me. It is. I don't care. 100%. Yeah. But as long as, as, long as they, they get the, the studios involved who made the actual story I think we will be good. That's the thing. We can't we can't just say, hey, let's take this and flip it and do our own thing with it. No, 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 don't do that. Right. That doesn't work. That's proven to not work. Get the people who made the stuff that have a love for it. And if you want to create this, you have to love it. It can't just be a money grab. If it's a money grab, yeah. it's gonna fail. It seems like it has. It seems like that's been the the thing in Hollywood. Uh the money grabs have not worked. The uh, people who, who really like it, whether it's Sonic or The Last of Us, um, those things not only seem to be really good, enjoyable, watchable, but financially successful. So we'll see how it goes. I'm sure 
in a few weeks, we are going to talk about the internet's reaction to The Last of Us and it's uh, what we now know will be its season finale, I think, in about three weeks. Two um, more episodes? Yeah. But, we got two more, yeah, two more episodes. Because it is, yeah, because it is coming mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. for season two. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just... I'm very excited for those of you who have never played The Last of Us to to see what the culmination of this season is going to be. I think, um, you know, we, we, we don't have very many uh, water cooler moments anymore. Um, As us old heads, you know, they used to talk about TV being, this is a water cooler moment. Everybody's going to talk about it. Uh, in about two or three weeks, we're gonna have a hell of a water cooler moment. I can't um, wait to see the we're gonna have fights. some I'm before that. Living for these Twitter fights. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's gonna be some before that. Mm-hmm. They um, have introduced. And st- should I even say that? Don't, don't even say mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but let, uh, let them not know what they don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Boy, it's, uh, that's gonna it's, be a conversation. It's, it's gonna be pretty amazing. Yeah, we um, listen. We haven't really done an emergency pod, and right now it's kind of hard to know. I don't know if there's two episodes or three episodes left. I think um, a total of ten episodes, so there's two left. Just two, two left. episodes just two. left. Yeah. So we'll be coming back mm-hmm. after the season finale. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, look okay. at the, the calendar. I mean, regardless, we got we just got to be on, even if we're not on, because we gonna have to talk about that. I think, yeah, I think we're just gonna have to be on for just, that. Just that might have based to on our like... Discord conversations alone, that will make for an amazing podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be the fourteenth. Okay. Okay. Sure. And that would be a time that we would normally record because that's the second week, the second Tuesday of the month. So yes, Excellent. that is a week. All right. Tuesday so we'll week. be back on the fourteenth. We are going to talk about The Last of Us, the season finale, um, what it means going forward for season two. Um, By that time, we will have had a couple of days to see what people's reaction has been, especially those who haven't played the game. Uh, And then uh, hopefully we'll also be talking about uh, everything everywhere all at once, cleaning up at the Oscars, uh, Angela Bassett. Uh, we're just going to speak into existence, uh, winning her first Oscar and becoming the uh, first actor in a Marvel film uh, to win an Oscar. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to bring our regular funk and flavor. Fam, tell them where to find you. Devin, Tyus, what's going on? You can find you me at? in many discords or possibly over on Twitter at that ninja dev. Probably not. That's really it. Probably not. Delvin Probably not. working like a Jamaican. <laughs> all the shows. <laughs> Where can they find you, Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore cock. Check out the Delvin Cox experience anywhere you get podcasts. Right. Check out play some video games with me, Devin Donnie. Also check out Justice League Mortal where I play John Stewart Green Lantern. Yuck. Nice. Nice. Crystal, um, you know, you mentioned it up top, but you got a couple of things um, coming for us. What's going on with you and where can they find you at? Yeah, get me on Twitter at Rider Streamer. There are links to discords everywhere so you can come hang out with us in discords. If you can find it, you're cool enough to come hang out. Uh, yeah, Thursday, Thirsty Thursdays, we have our first Tales After Dark show. 
Uh, it is not safe for work. So if you listen to that on your way to work, I am not responsible for how you feel physically <laughs> the rest of the day. Uh, on, on Tuesday, yeah. uh, a completely wholesome tale, a fairy tale for adults. And then we're going to do our live stream like we did back on Legacy. Um, so that's in the pipe. And we've got a bunch more shows coming up. We working. But uh, yeah. And also shout out to our friends over the Dial Up Movie Club who did Justice League Mortal. I'm the narrator in that. Um, it's a great little production. I'm yes. really proud of them. Really, really proud of them for that. Yeah. Shout out Dial Up. Uh, you guys are doing a, an incredible job and uh, you got you got two incredible voice actors working for you so how could it not work uh, i am your boy jv you can find me on twitter at jv the monster i only ask one thing of you tell your friends tell your people to tune in to listen and to follow and support um all the people that you see up here that you love because we love you too until then fan be easy Peace.